Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. And I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons from Woeful Waters to Westward Wanderers. And today we're revisiting the Warlock. All right, Brian. It's Warlock time. It is again. <laughs> again. It's been, the it's been second time. time. It's been Warlock time. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. And so we, we're going to talk about three different subclasses from uh, from the Warlock class. One subclass was in uh, Sword Coast Adventures Guide. Yeah. And two of them uh, were introduced in Xanathar's Guide. All right. Has the Sword Coast Adventures Guide we're going over? That subclass has it been reprinted in Xanthar as well? No, no, it was only in Skag. Um, that seems strange that they had the opportunity and what seemed like the binding capable of handling these reprints and decided not to do it. I think uh, the the subclasses they chose not to reprint from Skag were the ones that were Forgotten Realm specific. Oh, okay. And you could argue that the first one we're going to talk about is a little bit, but I actually kind of feel like this one's not that Forgotten Realm specific. I mean. What makes it forgot? I guess. Will you- so, for an example, the Purple Dragon Knight was a. Oh yeah, I remember that because the Purple Dragon Knights were a faction. Exactly. And- okay, so it's the Blade Singers with Wizards, which we haven't talked about yet. There, that's a Forgotten Realms thing specifically. Uh, the Battle Rager didn't get reprinted because that was a specific Forgotten Realms. That's just uh, so weak. Thing. Like, just change the name and you keep the mechanical. It's yeah, I don't know. It was just something they went with. I, uh-huh. I know there were a few others too. Um, um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a couple cleric ones. It's hard for me to keep it all straight, so I, I don't quite remember. Is it for book sales? <clears throat> like, what? What, what is um, this about? Well, I mean, they reprint stuff, so I don't think it's for book sales. I think it was just like, well, this is the Forgotten Realms book, the Sword Coast book. So anything that's specifically Forgotten Realms, we're not going to, like, waste money reprinting. Maybe that's, you know I mean? yeah, maybe that's the part I'm not understanding. Yeah, because if, like, if someone's running a Forgotten Realms campaign, then they're going to want this book. But if they're yeah. not, then they don't necessarily need it. Okay. Right. But let's let's get into it. So the the first subclass we're going to talk about today is called uh, the Pact of the Undying. Ooh. So this was, again, from Sword Coast, Sword Coast Adventures Guide. Uh, the Undying is essentially a patron who was once a living mortal, 
but through the accruement of power and secret knowledge has kind of gained immortality via undeath and ascended to something greater. So this could be a number of things. This could be like a, a deity of undeath, like Vecna is okay. a good example. Vecna sure. was a mortal, became a lich, and then eventually became a god. Um, it could also just be a powerful lich like a Sararak or some other some other powerful lich. Just someone powerful enough to grant warlockdom. If yes. you will. Yeah. Um, I would argue maybe Strahd von Zerovich could be. I mean, his, his stat block is a little weak for that, but like I would argue that the stat block reflected in Curse of Strahd is a little weak considering Strahd should be pretty fucking powerful. Okay. Uh, maybe even Lord Soth, a Death Knight, could probably be an undying patron, maybe. Possibly. Okay. Powerful enough to string these threads of, of communication to in, indeed. the Warlock. Exactly. This uh, the undying uh, path is essentially the necromantic warlock path. So by taking it, you're going to end up gaining access to a lot of spells within the school of necromancy. So some of your expanded spells will be like, uh, or expanded spells will be like false life, ray of sickness, uh, speak with undead, um, contagion, just you know, real nasty stuff. Yeah, yeah, stuff to do with dead bodies. Yum. Um, but let's get into the feature. So level one, you're going to get a feature called among the dead. Uh, with this feature, you will gain the Spare the Dying cantrip, which will actually kind of come up later with some features later on we'll, okay. we'll talk about. You also will gain advantage on saves versus disease at this point, Ooh. which is pretty handy. I don't know how – it really depends on how often diseases come up in your campaign. Like, they don't really come up in mine a lot. I mean, maybe you're in, like a, to use maybe you're in like a wasteland or something yeah. like that where you can, like, just walk around and get, like, radiation poisoning or something right. like that. Well, also, there are some monsters that, like, when they hit you, you have risk of disease. Like, okay, yeah. So there, there is that. So it is useful. I've definitely been degree. hit by some of those. Right. Also, um, undead have difficulty hurting you. Uh, whenever an undead creature targets you with an attack or spell, it must make a wisdom save versus your spell DC. If they fail, they must choose another target or forfeit their turn. Damn, they might just like not hit you altogether. Yeah, That's exactly. Cool. Um, which is which is pretty cool if you're fighting a lot of undead. Um, on a success, though, if they succeed their save, they will be immune to your feature for the next 24 hours. Oh, they're like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to stay good. Right. Okay. And also, uh, if you attack an undead creature, they're immune to this feature. So it's not like you can attack undead oh. and they have to constantly do well, this. Well, it's kind of cool to, like... Um, you can kind of walk amongst them, is, uh, which is why it's called Among the Dead. Yeah, yeah, and that will give you tactical advantage in combat. Like, I make you attack somebody else, and I can attack that guy from a distance or behind mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, how would this work mechanically? Would it be uh, this creature is going to choose a target to attack, so that means that it used movement? Or would you say this is before Okay, movement? so let's say you're the warlock, I'm the dungeon master, and you're fighting a bunch of zombies. And yeah. so I'm like, okay, zombie one is going to move to attack your warlock. Right. We'll move it on over. Uh, before I can make the attack, though, I have to make the, the save. Okay. And so if I fail... My only option is I can attack someone else if I have enough movement to get so- to someone else. And if I don't, I just have to forfeit my turn. Okay. And if you do have movement to attack somebody else, now you're in opportunity attack territory where True. the warlock yeah. could take reaction. If, if, if the warlock has a reaction, they can choose to use it. But being a warlock, there's only kind of a 50-50 chance that the warlock's even worth anything in melee. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I know, yeah. yeah. It might be a blade lock, but it might not be, so you might be able to just walk away Yeah, later. I, I figured that that would be the case, <clears throat> and, and if you do choose to take the opportunity to attack against it, you immediately negated the thing you just did, and now that, that creature's going to stay put to attack you next turn, right? Um, I, don't, I don't think the opportunity to attack uh, stops you from moving. Uh, you just take damage. And then well, you, you take the damage, moving. and it would walk away, but then the effect of that um, 
that of that save is now worn off, right? Uh, yeah, it would have to save again if it tried to attack you again. Okay, right. So they've just they well, no, can... it wouldn't, right? Because you attacked it, or then oh, oh, yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, no, you 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 made an attack even though it was opportunity attack. So yeah, you're now no longer immune. Okay, so but. So but, don't opportunity attack it. Yeah, probably. so don't opportunity attack it. But like, okay, if I'm dungeon mastering this and the zombie starts walking away and you attack it, I'm not really going to make it turn around to attack you. Yeah, because I've already, already committed. committed to the movement. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So uh, that's what you get at level one among the dead. At level six, you get another feature called Defy Death. So with this, you can give yourself vitality when either you yourself cheat death or when you help someone else do so. So essentially, you gain 1d8 plus your constitution mod and HP when you succeed on a death save nice. or uh, stabilizing a creature with Spare the Dying, which, again, you got at level one, like wow. we talked about before. So uh, That's so, pretty yeah, powerful. You go around sparing the dying and you can heal yourself while you're doing it. Right on. Mm-hmm. Um, you can only do it once per long rest, though. So it's, it's actually just, only a one-off. That's pretty good. I mean, yeah, it's free HP. Yeah, see, okay, so here's a, a, kind of a, a running theme for me when it comes to the Sword Coast Adventures guide is a lot of the Forgotten Realms specific uh, subclasses are kind of on the weaker side of things. That's interesting. Like, okay. Like this Defy Death thing, like it sounds solid, but it's like, oh, it's only once per long rest. It's like, what are other people getting at level six? Usually stuff that's better than this one like not even great heal. A D8's cool, but your con mod's probably not that great. You're a warlock. Yeah, well, mine's okay. And it's not warlock. even yeah, it's not even based on your warlock level. Like one D eight plus con, so it doesn't even scale really. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And only once for long rest. Not great. Not but a I great mean, feature. I mean like what's that um what's that uh spell that cleric a lot of clerics get? It will heal like a, a bunch of targets by a D four. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean uh mass heal wins. Mass yeah, and mean, well, mass heal word or whatever. It's pretty much like my party went down and mm-hmm. I we need one more round to kill this guy and like here right. it is. So it, it's gonna give somebody another round no matter what the HP scale right. is. Which is cool, but at the same time, again, like I get like well, we'll you'll see when you compare this feature to other level six. Yeah, level features. well, I know what you're saying like as you level, week. it gets worse and worse. Yeah, and much. honestly, even at level six, it's not exactly stupendous, right? So, but there it is, defy death. Yeah, you get a, you get a free heal at some point. Honestly, if your friends are dying more than once per day, this is you're probably meant to die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, that's the thing. You don't even want to have to use this feature that often because it means that people are dying. Right. I typically don't have to do this at all right. or even attempt it in my real day-to-day life. Right. So move, <laughs> moving on to level 10, you get a feature called Undying Nature. Now, this is a really cool feature. And if it wasn't for the fact that the last two features were weak, I would say this feature is amazing. Oh, okay. But because the last two features are weak, this feature is unfortunately lackluster because this feature is almost uh, strictly flavor. So with Undying Nature, you gain the ability to hold your breath indefinitely and no longer need food or water. Now, that's cool and does have some mechanical stuff, but that's, let's be honest here, for most games, that's just mostly flavor. Yeah. I mean, the breath thing's kind of cool because you can go underwater. I'm sure it'll be useful. I but haven't played a D&D game yet where, like, I've had to worry about to, what to eat for breakfast. Right, exactly. Or needing to breathe, really. And either, I tried to DM a game where, like, I wanted that included for, like, plot, just, like, flavor for the plot, but mm-hmm. I was never, like... You better roll a nature check. Right. Oh, that exactly. deer gets away. Looks right. like you're going to starve. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, there's, there's another half to this feature, though. You also age slower at this point. For every 10 years that you live, you only age one year. You are also immune to being aged magically. So you're immune to that ghost ability we talked about in the ghost episode. Right. So, again, really cool flavor, but not very good mechanically in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Like, it basically, you get nothing at level 10. 
Huh. You just get some cool factor at level 10. Well, is the Forgotten Realm setting meant for you to kind of play a survival the no. survival game up a little bit? No. Hmm. No. Forgotten Realms is... The reason that Forgotten Realms became the default setting for D&D is because it was the closest thing to just your general high fantasy yeah um generic kind of thing and it so. was just it was called forgotten realms and they were they continued to write it and they were like hey this is good good for our game right exactly yeah so, so no it's not supposed to be greedy or survival specifically in it has any a way shape or form Duarden in it indeed exactly <laughs> um so your final feature that you get at level 14 is called indestructible life so at level 14 you have a certain level of regeneration at this point as a bonus action you may regain hp equal to 1d8 plus your warlock level additionally if you use this feature while putting a severed body part back into place it will reattach okay so once per short so at this point you're kind of like riding that line between being undead <laughs> and, and alive you can uh you can marry shelly yourself back together right exactly yeah. exactly I, I, I but like how I often do you you get uh like uh what's the word amputated like it just doesn't really happen usually like it it, this is very specific flavor like like as a dm i would be like oh yeah this guy can reattach body parts your arm got cut off like my (laughs) my picture of like a battle scene in dungeon and dragons is very much final fantasy based where like (laughs) i am swinging a sword and hitting you in the face and chest and you're fine and you just like took a numerical like (laughs) hit and not like you're not bleeding like i try to incorporate some of that stuff into my dungeon like if you get hit with an arrow like there's an arrow in your shoulder that maybe you just like popped out real quick right right or like i understand where you're coming from that's actually one of the criticisms about dungeons and dragons is that the the combat system is so mechanical and it almost draws you out of the um, immersion of the yes. role playing, yeah, and I, I see, I see. I mean, that, it though. is a hurdle, and you can get over it. And you gotta, and to do so, you have to work at it, and it's not perfect. Yeah, and it's I like, don't. how do I explain other injuries when I get hit mm-hmm. with swords and stuff? It's just right. like, no, nah, dude, when we're in combat, like it, we are playing Final Fantasy, and then it's almost like two different games are going on, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I split back to normal role play. So, like, it all depends. For this, it sounds like what it is you're trying to bring to the table. Where, like, is this relevant? Did you lose a hand? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that, now this guy is super OP. Right, right. <laughs> I would say as as the years go by, if the the longer you DM, the more easy it is to integrate the two things and keep it feeling like one flowing uh, game instead of two separate games. Yeah. Which again, that is that is a criticism that happens with Dungeons and Dragons a lot. That that does feel like two separate games, and I mean, it can for sure. I mean, like literally, you're like walking across the map in <laughs> Final <laughs> Fantasy, and then star wipe, and now there's a right, combat. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. I can no longer move. I, I have know. To, right? I have to attack or do magicka. <laughs> that's too funny. Okay, so that's that's it on the undying. It's essentially you're kind of undead. You serve an undead patron who probably wants undead things to happen. Yeah. Uh, generally, a lot of the undead patrons are not going to be very nice entities, um, so you're probably not going to be uh, doing very nice things for them. Yeah, um, yeah. I would I would say this this uh, path. It doesn't necessarily have to, but it definitely should probably walk the line of evil to a certain degree. But that's just my opinion. Huh. I don't know. Uh, any any thoughts before we move on? No. Yeah, it's definitely evil. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I think that happened in Nightmare Before Christmas, where like somebody's arm falls off or whatever, and they just like pop it up back to their. Oh yeah, that's shoulder because she's a doll. Yeah. She's, oh yeah, yeah. she. But I think like something else happened. Uh-huh. No, maybe it was that. Yeah, it was it probably was, that. It was super that. It's just sewing your shit back on. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the next uh, subclass that we're going to talk about today is uh, the Celestial Patron. Okay. So um, that's pretty cool. It's like the opposite of this almost. 
In a lot of ways, yeah. Well, I guess sure. the Celestial and D&D, the opposite is more like a demons fiend. or a fiend. A fiend yeah. yeah, for okay. sure. Um, it's about positive and negative planes. Right. Excuse me. So the Celestial Patron is essentially a powerful entity of the positive planes. This can be a solar angel, uh, an Empyrean, which we haven't really talked about. Um, it'll get its own episode one day. Uh, a Kirin, which hasn't gotten its episode. A Kirin's almost like a almost like a dragon horse celestial angel thing. A dragon horse. Yeah, they'll get its own episode. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's a really cool. That's a really cool entity. I would pay or, five bucks to ride a dragon horse at my right. local carnival. <laughs> I know, right? Or even a god. Obviously, I think God is the most obvious one. You know, a, yeah. a good entity. It's easy for a god to make a warlock. Right. Exactly. Warlocks of this pact uh, often find themselves with uh, kind of lawful and zealous charges such as like it is your job to eradicate all undead wherever you see them or um you're given like a specific target of like a very powerful fiend of like your life mission is to do everything you can to thwart and kill this fiend nice or um or just you know go out there do good works you know go out there and protect the the sick and the weak and the and the poor and the downtrodden and all that stuff um do 10 good deeds a day right exactly so it's it's an interesting take on like the pious type character like a cleric or, or a paladin where you have like a to-do list every, a day-to-day to-do list or you <laughs> lose your sure. powers yeah sure you could you could go go with it like that but this is essentially a divine path for the warlock which is pretty cool um i actually i think this is probably well it's definitely not my favorite because my favorite will be the last one that we talk about today but it's a it's a close second my okay. favorite path that we're going to talk about today so um the spells that you get in your expanded spell list uh for this path kind of focus on that which is like light and good um so you get spells like cure wounds flaming spear sphere daylight guardian of faith flame strike a lot of fire yeah things that either um like are holy or just look holy (laughs) yeah exactly very much so um you're gonna get bonus cantrips of light and sacred flame god flame sphere is a really cool spell that i wish was better that's yeah that's flame uh, sphere for you it was like that in 4e as well um so the first feature you get is called healing light uh you can channel celestial energy in to in order to heal wounds so you end up getting a cool secondary resource here where where it's a pool of uh d6s okay um and you gain a pool of d6s equal to your warlock level plus one um, and as a bonus action, you can heal one creature you see within 60 feet of you by spending these dice. Um, there, There is a limit, though. Um, you can only spend up to your charisma mod um, at one time. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. So if you have a 16 charisma, or 16 charisma, that's a plus three mod. You can only ever spend three dice at a time at that point. I see. Gotcha. So nice little extra healing that doesn't take any spell uh, slots, which is pretty nice because as a warlock, you don't have a lot of spell slots. So yeah. healing via spell slots would really not be an option for a warlock. Less like a pool, more like a pond, I think. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, at level six, you gain a feature called Radiant Soul. So with this one, you gain resistance to radiant damage. And when you cast spells that deal fire or radiant damage, you can add your charisma mod to the damage. Oh, roll. nice. Very nice. Yeah. Now, this is level six. Remember, the level six for the last one we talked about was you basically get a one off, not very good prolong rest heal yes so very oh, yeah. very very another one different. of those then huh? no, oh, no no that's you're what i'm saying it's the last like one. this is very potent yes and like i was the saying with the not. last one it was just not and like this is your perfect example yeah, of what extra a turn, should be getting extra turns are good but they're not as good as like this is basically uh agonizing blast 
Right, exactly. Yeah, which for is, all fire and radiant like, damage. I feel like most people take that invocation. Right, it's it's hard not to. Yeah, it's it's very bread, it makes your bread and butter so. taste that much better. Indeed, indeed. So uh, at level ten, you get a feature called Celestial Resistance. Uh, you gain temporary HP whenever you finish a short or long rest equal to your Warlock level plus your Charisma mod. So you got a little bit of extra bufferment there. Yeah, that's cool. Um, you can also choose up to five creatures within 30 feet of you to gain temporary HP equal to half your Warlock level plus your Charisma mod. So you're really team friendly. Yeah, You're a people totally. person at this point, and you're helping all your allies just be a little bit buffer. Yeah, and you, as a Warlock, probably need... Like, all the little bit you can get. Like, True. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you're kind of squishy as a warlock. Yeah, you Maybe not take... wizard level, but you're pretty squishy. You're up there, though. Yeah, yeah for sure. And then finally, your your big one that you get is uh, called Searing Vengeance. Okay. Um, so when you make a death save, you may instead spring to life with a burst of radiant energy. <laughs> you can <laughs> cool. just say, nah, bitch. Um, you regain HP equal to half your max HP, and each creature of your choice within 30 feet of you takes radiant damage equal to 2d8 plus your charisma mod, which isn't that much damage, but it's solid. Uh, and is also blinded until the end of your turn. Wow. Now they they don't get to dodge or or save against it. They just this is the damage they take, and they're blind for a turn. <laughs> but you, you imagine only... like you get hit by like a car or something like that, right. and then you just like you're you're on the ground, and <laughs> like you're immediately up, and the car is like <laughs> fucked up because yeah. like this halo of light came down and cascaded right, upon right, you. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> uh, and th- this is obviously once per long rest, but you're probably only going to get knocked unconscious one per. Sh- once per long rest so i mean let's hope that's kind of touched on that before it's like if your friends are dying more than once per day you're somebody's not doing for sure right stuff yeah indeed (laughs) so that's it for the celestial i mean that's your breakdown um it's it's pretty cool again this one definitely rides the line of good i really like the patron potential here for Mm -hmm. like ooh, a solar angel Oh, yeah, like, that'd be super dope. Like, what are yeah. they like? You exactly, know? exactly. You can start exploring some of the lesser-known Celestials if you want, which would be pretty cool. They're, um, what's his name? Cyclops? John Scott? Was that his name? Uh, Scott Summers? Scott Summers. Who the fuck is John Scott? I think that's an office from the office care. That might be. Oh, no, that's Michael Scott. That's Michael Scott. Okay, I don't know. Well, don't whoever know John, John Scott, Scott is. is, sorry. but um, <laughs> Whoever John Scott is, shout out to you. What was I saying? Uh, I don't know, Cyclops. Oh, yeah. Um, how Wolverine in the old <laughs> X-Men cartoons is like, you're such a Boy Scout. Oh, yeah. He's like always making yeah. fun of him for being like a goody two-shoes. <laughs> right, right. Like, I was like, he would be a solar angel. Yeah, sure. He sure, would fu- I can see like that. his personality. He's got the person. Well, he's see. kind of like a stickler for the rules, you know. Yeah, sort he, of an well, asshole about he it. He used to be in the comics. Well, he yeah. is not. Well, like now that he's like, I'm all. a loose cannon. Yeah, now he's a loose cannon and Literally, an asshole. Like yeah. I oh, can yeah. just <laughs> blow you to fucking smithereens <laughs> at any funny. point. Okay, you and well, all my friends. <laughs> I think it's time for a short rest. Let's just take a short rest. All right. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. 
Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode. We're not talking about that last thing, we're talking about our love. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for you, the listener, if you are hearing the sound of my voice, thank you for listening to the Dungeon Cast. Thank you. Thanks for telling your friends about the Dungeon Cast. Thank you. Um, I think we're running a contest to help you help you tell. We're trying to help you help, help us us tell people about us. the Dungeon Cast, okay. the podcast that you're listening Indeed. to. <laughs> um, so what is what's all that all that about? So yeah, we're giving away a copy, actually two copies of the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. And that's the newest D&D book coming out on November 20th, I believe. And it's going to be a new D&D setting with new options for both players and Dungeon Masters. It's really exciting. It looks like it's going to be a really good book. We'll probably review it here on the channel. But if you want to get your hands on one of these two copies that we're giving away, all you got to do is share the show. Uh, you can share the show on social media. You can share the show word of mouth. Uh, but however you do share the show, just send us proof that you done shared the show. Yeah. And if, you, and if you do that, you'll be entered into the contest. We'll be announcing both of our winners uh, on November 20th on Twitter and also on whatever the nearest episode we record on after that date. Totally. So, um, so uh, if you hashtag DungeonCast um, on Twitter, like at the DungeonCast, mm-hmm. then um, that Will will find that. Yeah, I'll find that. So, yeah, if you share it on Twitter with the hashtag DungeonCast, that's one way to do it. If you share it on Facebook or any other social media, go ahead and uh, take a snapshot and uh, send us an email. Um, I've, uh, I've had yeah. entries of people like texting, like group texting their friends and sending me uh, screenshots of that. I've had people send videos of them telling people about it, both on the street or, or their family or friends. So however you want to share the show, just just show us the proof. And now there are more ways to share the show than ever. Uh, find find <laughs> us on Instagram, the Dungeon oh, yeah. Cast. Um, I, I'm Brian, and I'm, it's pretty much like I converted my Instagram to the Dungeon Cast Instagram, which has been cool. I'm going to post something um, pretty soon where if you like repost it, it counts as a share. Um, as long as you put a link at the bottom, you know, just follow the rules. But I realize there's no good way right now, <laughs> as. Um, as we are recording this, that I, I have, there's no good way to share it on Instagram. So I'm going to make a way, which you will have seen if you follow us on 
on Instagram before you hear this, most likely. So um, very nice. Yeah, I just realized like why, why haven't I done that? Um, <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> I'm, I'm new. I'm, I'm brand new. Anyway, um, there's some people in particular that we would like to thank. Um, Indeed. So thank you for becoming patrons, uh, Atto Muse. Thank you, Atto Muse. And thank you for uh, upping your pledge, Daniel Gonzalez. We thank appreciate you, Daniel. that. Indeed. And yeah, let's. Thank you guys very much. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the new content. And uh, $20 patrons, uh, yeah, new Dungeon Cast mugs will be coming your way as soon as possible. We'll be reaching out to you as soon as we got the new design set up. Totally. Brand new art. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're kind of cleaning house on on Patreon right now, making things, making it a little easier to use, uh, et cetera, with a little more direction. So you guys are getting the most of, of what you're paying for as far as the bonus content. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of it on there, but I think with that, we're going to get back to the show. Let's get back to the show. And we're back. Hi, everyone. Hey. Welcome back to the podcast. So uh, we are going to talk about my favorite warlock path, uh, the path of the Hexblade, mm. which uh, it, it's just it's really cool. Is, and a very hex flavorful. Like a, is that like a hexagon, like the eight paths of the blade kind of? No, a hex is like a curse. Oh, like yeah, like, like they juju. cast hexes, yeah. Bad oh juju. no. So, okay, so this this pack Her is a little. Sword. It's kind of strange because uh, this pack is this pack is strangely tied explicitly to sh- the Shadowfell and oh, okay. and even like to a certain degree the Raven Queen, which is just like why? Because okay, so this this path is all about integrating blade and spell, which. Of course, it's something I really, really adore. I think I've talked about it many times on the show. Um, I just don't understand why it needed to be tied explicitly to the Shadowfell. It just feels very limiting, and I don't like it when they yeah. limit the flavor on things. But the general idea is that the patron that that you've gained, which is either like one of the Dark Powers or the Raven Queen herself or I don't know. Maybe some lich from the Shadowfell. It could be any number of powerful entities from the Shadowfell that wields shadow magic. It could, it could be a shadow dragon. But oh, either either way, no matter what it is, they gain, they give you access to magical sentient weapons carved from the stuff of shadow, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> and then that these weapons, much like a like a um, a spell focus, augment a warlock's powers. Okay, cool. So essentially, you're a warlock that wields magical dope weapons. Have you seen uh, Peter Pan? Um, yes. Yeah, he's got like a crazy shadow guy. Uh, he has, yeah, he has a shadow. H- hasn't there been iterations of Peter Pan where like the shadow is malicious in a lot of ways and like tries to kill people? I don't like, know. Strangle somebody? That's ringing a bell. Not terribly familiar with Peter Pan lore, so. Mm. <laughs> but this isn't a Peter Pan podcast, so. Well, it's the stuff of shadows. You it know is, what I mean? Well, like, I mean, it is, yeah, it is a shadow, so yeah. I guess it is. Can you imagine getting like box comboed by a shadow? No, that And you just suck. go down with your jaws broken? <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> so, with this path, uh, your expanded spells are really focused on uh, melee. Okay. So, you get spells that are useful in melee, like shield, and that's an obvious one, but you get a lot of uh, paladin like spells like wrathful smite, branding smite, Ooh. staggering smite, banishing smite. I love smite. smites. Yeah, all, all the smite stuff, which, which is essentially like you hit someone really hard. Hard and also something magical happens. Yeah, so hard that like you summon a bolt of lightning or whatever. It right. Is. Yeah. You also get elemental weapon, uh, which I think adds elemental damage to your weapons. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> right. So, anyways, let's get to the features. Yeah. Because uh, this this uh, specific uh, subclass is really front loaded. 
which is one of the things that attracts me to it because sometimes I get a little metagamey. I'm like, ooh, multi-class. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's I think, that. Yeah, I think people love to multi-class with Hexblade Warlock. Because uh, it's so juicy. It's hard not yeah, to. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, so at level one, you gain two features, the first one being Hexblade's Curse. So with this feature, you gain the ability to cast a curse on other creatures. As a bonus action, you can choose one creature you can see within 30 feet of you. The target is then cursed for one minute. You gain bonus damage to the target equal to your proficiency bonus, which is fairly potent. Uh, any attack you make against that target crits on either a 19 or 20. That's pretty handy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your cursed target dies, you regain HP equal to your warlock level plus your charisma mod. Ooh. You can curse someone this way once per short rest. Nice. That's so powerful. Potent and useful in three different ways plus this per short rest. So already, honestly, like for balance's sake, that should probably be the only thing you get. But it's not. But it's not. But wait, there's more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. So uh, you also get a feature at level one called Hex Warrior. So with this feature, you gain proficiency in medium armor, shields, and martial weapons. You can also, once per long rest, touch a weapon that you are proficient with that also lacks the, the two-handed weapon property. Uh-huh. Um, when you attack with this weapon, you can use your charisma mod for attack and damage rolls. So you don't even have to have good strength or dexterity for this class. You can pump it all into charisma. Wow. And just be really good at what you do. This is very 4th edition. That's how 4th edition was in a lot of ways where um, it didn't matter uh, if your Avenger was a melee fighter. You used wisdom for your power, so you just pumped the shit out of wisdom. Really cool. And it made you strong. Nice. So okay. damn. I'm so wise. It's that... coming out of my biceps. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, which, I mean, maybe for immersion purposes, that's not the best, but it is very, very fun to play. Yeah, I mean, so they're they're taking some liberties with their mechanics here, for yeah. sure. And, yeah. and it's making a warlock that is good at hitting you with weapons. Which I'm a fan of. Yeah, very cool. Um, level 6, you get another very flavorful, and I would say fairly powerful feature called a curse specter um it's a very fitting because we just had that episode about specters yeah uh you can curse the soul of a person you slay and bind it into your service <laughs> when you slay a humanoid you can cause its spirit to rise as a specter oh what this specter has temporary hp equal to half your warlock level the specter has its own initiative and turns it follows your verbal commands and gains an attack roll bonus equal to your charisma mod um and uh, this la- it, it will last and stay around uh, until the end of a long rest. You can only do this once per long rest. Now, this is really cool. But also, if you learn the lore about Spectres back in our Spectres episode, mm-hmm. you're essentially consigning a soul to madness and oblivion. Yes. Yeah. So this is a very You're doing evil, a horrific you're thing. You're doing a very horrific thing. <laughs> you're, this is worse than murder. Yeah. Plus, you probably committed murder it's to get murder to this point. Pl- it's murder plus. It's murder like, plus. It's like you followed them afterwards and, and like you, made them said, no, continue you, to no, suffer. You don't get an afterlife. Like not, you serve me now. I'm not done with you. And Killing only you for only today. The- <laughs> After today, there's nothing. It's over. I mean, yeah, but for today, though, you mind. Also, you're you're gonna get hit once and explode into oblivion or whatever. Right? Yeah, they're not exactly potent, but <laughs> but they do have that life training ability, and they they would make excellent scouts because it follows your verbal commands, but they can't speak. Maybe you can get telepathy. You can like, um that'd be pleasure aids with your ghost. <laughs> there you go. Just write it down for me. <laughs> they just <laughs> they understand language. I imagine they could still write. So. Yeah, take your there weapon you and like draw whatever you saw on the sand. There you just go. Drawing like fat, fat ogres. Yeah, just, like, that way. <laughs> That's amazing. Over this hill, it. some That's... fat, fat ass ogres. Fantastic. It's the Henox from Breath of the Wild. Right, it's a fucking right. Cyclopean. There you like, go. Buddha guy. <laughs> 
So at level 10, you get a feature called Armor of Hexes. If the target of your Hexblade curse hits you with an attack, you can use your reaction to roll a d6. On a 4 or higher, the attack misses you. Another very good feature. I mean, uh, yeah. It doesn't take an action. Or it takes a reaction, but like it, that's a renewable source. Like, yeah, that's it's I mean, a nice way really to maybe cool. not get hit. Nice, a lo- powerful level ten feature, like a uh, midway. Mm-hmm. Like I like that a lot. Also, this uh, this uh, subclass can really pack on the damage too, because I believe your hexblades curse can also stack on top of an actual hex spell. So you just all this extra damage on top of one very specific person. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So very handy, very powerful. At level fourteen, you get a feature called Master of Hexes. You can transfer your hex from a slain creature uh, to a target within thirty feet, but Forgo the HP regain. So, okay. So, essentially, you can only hex someone with your Hexblade's Curse once per short rest, and then when they die, you get extra HP. Okay. This makes it so that instead of gaining the HP, you can actually just transfer the curse over, and you can keep doing that. That's, Um, wow. Which is handy. Yeah. Yeah, which is is very handy. What's that ranger spell that that does that? The um, the targeting one? Oh, oh, they can cast uh, Hex as well. Yeah. It's not Hex for them. It's, uh, it 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 works works exactly as Hex, hex, but, oh my gosh, what's it called? It's not Mark Your Prey. It's not Hunter's Quarry. It's Hunter's Mark. It's Hunter's Mark. There yeah, you, you did I always it. had it. You said both things, and <laughs> I, 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 I mm, took them. In. Very nice. I Lego so, them. So, yeah, that's the Hexblade. You're just really good at fighting. Uh, you really integrate the magic, and you're fighting very well. You also get a dope-ass Spectre Servant whenever you want. <laughs> well, whenever you want me. Whenever like, you go kill. kill somebody. Yeah, what whenever you're doing anyways, you know, you're out there adventuring. You're probably killing humanoids. Yeah, I you mean, cool. you can, can you kill like a... Uh, I think you um, could raise a Spectre from a Goblin. Yeah, okay, that's there what I was going to ask, like, yeah. uh, or like a knoll or whatever. Yeah, so well, it says the soul of a person you slay. I'll have to reread the actual mechanics. I don't know if it was soul of a humanoid you slay. But, just, yeah, but if it is a humanoid, that that applies to orcs and hobgoblins and all that, I mean, all that stuff. I mean, that's what vagrants are for. Yeah. There you <laughs> no, go. No, they're not. Can you imagine if you raised a specter from, like, a giant? Oh, God. <laughs> giant like specter. A, like, even just, like, a hill giant. Like yeah. Kill, like, hey, guys, can I have the KO on this hill giant? Trust me, it's going to be dope. I mean, it wouldn't work because it's not technically a humanoid. I, I mean, it a, is technically a humanoid, but it doesn't fall in a humanoid category. I have a character in my game that summons a ghost with uh, uh, with the um, the ancestral warrior from the barbarian. Oh, nice! And um, but they're the only ones that can see the ghost. Is uh, that normal? Would that be normal for this as well? Like, can everybody see the specter? Everyone can see the specter because it's literally that's the, a specter. It's the specter from the monster man. Oh shit, man, that's so crazy. There it is. Yeah, this is wild. So that's the hexblade. Very fun. Very juicy. Uh, very flavorful. Like the um, the the undying one was really flavorful too, but it, but it was not like nearly a, as cool. It was like in a Tim Burton way. Like I just thought there was like yeah. this creepy, like you know, Which very I Nightmare think, Before Christmas. I kept thinking about it. That's a pretty good vibe. That's the vibe I think that you should probably get from that. And this is like some like, Shadow Warrior. This is some yeah. This is voodoo juju. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. With that being said, uh, we're going to make a warlock, and uh, it's your turn to make a character today. Ooh, which one? And uh, yeah, so we'll be back. Uh, Brian's going to figure out what the heck he's making, and uh, yeah, mm. we're going to do it. We've returned. Indeed we have. And, and I have I have things. You have, you have things to say, a story I, to tell. I dug through the mi- the, the, <laughs> the minds of my mind, and I, I returned with, with ore. So what are we building today, Brian? We're going to build the Celestial. Path warlock is it? Are okay. they paths? Is that what they're called? Um, they're gosh. more just like options. It's the, it's the celestial patron. Yeah. So there it is. Yeah, I have a celestial patron. Yeah. It's um. Let me tell you a story about my my elf character that's going to be level six. He's probably level five at the beginning of the story. And okay. Comes level six. Okay, I like that for sure. <laughs> but then he was level five. No, because he was level five something else. 
You know what I mean? I'm not multi-classing this guy. I mean, maybe he was just a guy and then he instantly became a oh, level six. <laughs> I love it. He's just a guy that has like level five capabilities potential. physically. Yeah, level, level five, five potential. potential. We'll, we'll get like a, we'll, we'll have to call it level six potential. He's a level six. He's a level six guy. Um, <laughs> the, my elf's name is Darkassin Darthoridan. And Darkassin Darthoridan, one day he said, I will climb this mountain of this town and that people it's like the Everest of his of his of his region of his region yeah. he's like I'm going to it's I'm, the biggest mountain I'm going to mount this mountain like I'm like an elf man and he he decided he's going to climb it and he said he said I will keep myself warm with my my fiery insides okay and cool he, didn't so he, just, up, he just went up he there. didn't even go up with the jacket okay and when he got to the top and he did get to the top and he walked past a bunch of bodies just like on the real oh Everest. wow okay yeah, yeah. And uh, this he, is legit uh, Everest situation. Yeah, and he gets he gets up there and he's like, "Oh, I've done it!" And he's flexing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, I think it's called a coatl. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the, so it's I like a, or a coatl or, or a coatl. Yeah, it's a big dragon. Well, it's not a dragon; it's a worm of some it's kind. It's like a dragon esque uh, celestial entity with like big, almost bird or angel wings. You could say take yeah. an eagle mm-hmm. and then wrap that eagle around a unicorn and then make that you make. Uh, more then, like a snake. Yeah, and yeah. then have a snake come because it, it looked like it had like a horn fa- on its face. Or Did whatever. it? Okay, it does now. So. It does now. This, this one, one had a rainbow horn. This one was a, a unicorn coatl and rainbow wings and rainbow wings. Nice. Yeah, like it's that, that kind of rainbow that you see on the inside of seashells. Oh, okay, oil. so it's like uh, yeah, I know, I know. Iridescent exactly you is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, I think iridescent would be a fitting word for it. But anyway, it comes out of the sky. The clouds break and the sun shines through. And here's this coatl, and he says, "You've you've been a sweet boy." Climbing this mountain, I'm gonna give you some powers. And he kisses nice. him on the cheek. Says, "Wow." <laughs> okay. And from that point forth, Darkassin Darth Darth became Sweet Boy. Sweet Boy the Warlock. Sweet Boy the Warlock. All right, cool. Uh, he has to um, always take out the trash. Okay. And he has to uh, help old ladies across the street. Okay. Okay. And he, and he has to destroy evil wherever he sees it. Gotcha. Those and are just, his three charges. Yeah, just generally be sweet. Gotcha. He's just he is a sweet boy, Basically, and his charge is to be a sweet boy. This this quaddle they, they got into it a little bit is the chase the chaser of the northern wind, but he just goes by Chase. Okay. Yeah. Chase the quaddle. He said to, he said to, he said to Dark Casson before he became sweet boy, you must be excellent to everything. <laughs> And then you must follow your dreams. Never get boring. <laughs> no sadness allowed. I like it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think I got a good feel for this character. Yeah. He's just kind of a chill, nice person. He's a chill, nice dude. It has the will, the will of the gods living within him. And, and now he's level he's got, six. Yeah. So he gets some cool powers. Um, yeah, so I think he... as an elf, I get a cantrip. I'm going to take Firebolt. Okay. Plus two decks, plus one intelligence. That's, I'm going to go with the high elf. Because okay. he got he got real okay. high up on that mountain. He right? did, indeed, he did. <laughs> so with your celestial path, you're gonna get um, the healing light feature. So you get the kind of pool of d sixes where you can heal people, right? Which is a very sweet boy thing to do. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, level six, you get the radiant soul feature, which uh, you now have resistance to radiant damage. I'm pretty sure I had that before I went up the mountain. Yeah, well, maybe. Uh, either way, you have it now. And also, when you cast spells that deal fire or radiant damage, you may add your charisma mod to the damage roll. Cool. Which is pretty potent. But let's actually roll some stats for Sweet Boy. Sweet Boy. Uh, all right. So here's my D6s. I'm just going to be very gentle with them. Oh, okay. So uh, five, six, five, one. So that's a 15. Here, I'm going to give no, you No, that's a 16. I'm going to give you a pen and paper, Will. Oh, yeah, sure. Ah! All right. There you go. All right. So we have one 16. That's good. I'm off to a good start. Which is an excellent start. Uh, 
And then I've got a one one two two or no one one six two. I'm sorry. So no. one six. I'm sorry. This is a four. Man, what the hell did I just say? Two two six four. So six four two. So that's a twelve. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, no, you're already quite quite good. I got a new dice, and I'm not used to looking at it. <laughs> I thought it was a one. It was a four. Yeah, you got some funky dice over here. Okay, this one is a one though. Okay. So one three two and two. Okay, so three and two is five plus two is a seven. I didn't hear the number seven. I just heard the word bad. Yeah, indeed. Okay, and I got a one, three, four, four. So, so four, four is eight. So that's an 11. That's not bad. No, it's fine. It's okay. You got two more. Be nice, dice. Okay, uh, five, five, three, two. Okay, 13. Not bad. And your final roll. The final roll. Uh, oh, no. It's happening. My worst nightmare. Oh, Okay, yeah. This is my worst nightmare. Uh, three, one, one, two. Okay, so that's a six. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sweet Boy is two very it's not wise weaknesses. Sweet Boy is not wise. Uh, okay, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense, actually. So we're <laughs> going to go ahead and con intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Now, you get a plus two to dex and a plus one to intelligence. So what do you want to plug? I imagine the 16 goes into charisma, right? Yeah, it's it got has to, to, right? So you have a 16 charisma at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you want to put the 13 and the 12? I'll put the 13 in the intelligence, and I'll put the 12 in the okay. in the decks. So he's a, he's not only a sweet boy, but he's a pretty smart boy. He's a smart sweet boy. And you put the 13 in the decks. He's a dexy boy. Okay, so he's yeah fairly dexterous. He finessed yeah. his way up the mountain because that makes that dexterity a 15. So oh, I right. thought it would make it a. Oh, I'm sorry. I wanted to put the 13 in intelligence and the four and the 12 into decks. So okay, a, so you got two 14s. Yeah, you got a 16 and two 14s. Now you have a seven, 11, and a six. What do you do? Um, 11 into strength. Okay. Oh my God, you're gonna have a <laughs> negative to your constitution. Yes. Holy shit! I've yeah. never seen that in my life. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a seven in con. Con. Okay. And a six in wisdom. I actually got to figure out what these negatives are because I've never. Never done this before. Oh I've never my gosh. seen so much minus. I know. First, <laughs> let me get your pluses because you have two plus twos and a plus three. Nice. You have a plus zero for your strength. Okay. Um. So eight would be minus one. So yeah. you you have a minus two to your constitution and a minus two to your wisdom. That was so close to a minus three to your wisdom. You're so goddamn unwise. <laughs> I'm not wise. I climbed not a mountain without a coat. Okay. Yeah. Let's figure out your HP. Which would you're starting at a six now because of that negative two? Yes. Holy shit! So yeah, uh, here's a five, a two, and a two. Okay, a five, a two, and a two. I'm rolling d8s for my HP, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, so that's um, that's nine, and you have two more dice. Yeah. Here we go. A one and a three. Okay, so <laughs> that's fourteen. Is that right? Yeah. No, that's thirteen. But minus ten, so I have three HP. So no, yeah. Well, you gained three, so now you're a level six character with nine HP, <laughs> my dude. What have you done? This, that's just, this is just how it had to be. <laughs> so you're one shot, Bill. Basically, he never gets hit. He's only doing good in town. Okay, cool. That's true. He's not exactly adventuring. He's not starting fights. But he could. He could start yeah, a he fight. He is such he a could, glass cannon. He could end a fight. He could end a fight, but he cannot keep a fight going. He just doesn't hang out with adventurers because they're too powerful. He doesn't hang any, out with anybody too powerful at risk of being destroyed. That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh my God. Nine HP. Okay. His best friends All are right. the cleric. 
You got anything else to say about Sweet Boy? He's best friends with the cleric. He's got to be, he right? He found a magic item that gave him temp HP every day. So he's got to be a sick boy. How did he get up this mountain with a seven constitution? Well, he he probably had different stats before he got that quaddle kiss. Okay. And now his con is just like... It, it's shot. It not only or maybe gave trip, him powers... Maybe the trip made him sick. Like, the trip took it out of him and his body's like racked. He got herpes from that kiss. Or that. Okay. He's, <laughs> he, he got quaddle herpes. He got... He got celestial, celestial heart, celestial transmitted disease, <laughs> celestially transmitted. No, he got um, the 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 warlock pack siphoned his um, his. It his, just swapped his stats. Yeah, around. it swapped his stats around. It, it cool. point by him and rearranged it. So yeah, that's sweet boy, and <laughs> he's sweet, not 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 well fortified. And we're gonna call this a game. So we're gonna talk to you guys later. All right, bye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.